1: Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us as we get underway at six minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Monday, the 21st morning of the first month of the year of our Lord 2019 and an important day in our country's history as we commemorate the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. as well. Uh, it is celebrated, of course, on the third Monday of the month of January every year and with good reason and perhaps today. Not necessarily today, but this year's celebration of Dr. Martin Luther King and his message of racial equality and peace perhaps means a little bit more than maybe it has in a very, very long time. We are in a very, very dangerous and dark place when it comes to race relations in this country. And so much of it is so very unnecessary. And that is one of the messages that I'm going to share with you from a very special guest who will be joining me in the second hour of the program. Very much looking forward to David Webb joining us. David Webb is a radio talk show host on uh, Sirius XM on the Patriot Channel. He is also uh, a gentleman who is being interviewed on CNN just last week by a woman who had no earthly idea how embarrassing her career was just about to become when she declared while talking to David Webb, a guest on her program, that he doesn't understand all of these things because of his white privilege. And for those who don't know, David Webb is a black man. And it was one of the best moments that I have ever seen when she, he informed her of that fact, and she was stunned. Uh, so we're going to talk to David Webb about that and the state of race relations in this country. He's, you know, he's one of these rare individuals. Uh, he is a black, conservative, outspoken, you know, he's very much in the vein. I shouldn't, well, it is rare. I'm, it is. It is. I was going to say, it's very, very much in the vein of of uh, Larry Elder uh, and so many others, uh, you know, that I speak with on a regular basis about these kinds of things, and um, uh, it is rare, sadly. It really is to find conservative black males because so many black males who might be interested in conservative ideology and uh, advancing uh, this country in a positive way rather than relying on the tired old race card and the race canard, if you will, uh, so many of them are just uh, intimidated by others into into turning away from that and uh, not being down with the cause. But David Webb is wonderful, wonderful, brilliant, brilliant man, brilliant orator, and I cannot wait to talk to him. That will be at the top of the next hour. Uh, also coming up in this hour at about uh, 945, Congressman Jim Jordan for his regular Monday visit. We're going to talk about a very, very busy weekend on Capitol Hill. Well, it should have been busy on Capitol Hill, but it was very busy in Washington in general all kinds of events to talk about today with what was going on in Washington but what should be working uh, going on right now and what should be worked on on Capitol Hill of course is uh a negotiation between Democrats and Republicans on getting the government, government reopened by way of the president of the United States and his very strong sincere compromise offer to to bring the government back to um uh, you know, back to full operational status. It's at seventy-five percent operational status right now. Bring it back to full one hundred percent status. Get these people back to work. Get these people back to being paid, and we will uh, we will get our differences settled. Like this, you have been begging, says the president, for DACA protections. We're going to give you three years of DACA protections. This way, no matter what the Supreme Court comes back and says, uh, they will not be um, uh, hampered in any way whatsoever as far as their ability to. Stay, live, and work here. Three years of DACA protections, along with a few other things Democrats have been clamoring for. All you have to do is do what's the right thing anyway. Let's make sure that our borders is protected. Let's put up the barriers, whatever you want to call them. It was a fair, honest, compromised proposal that the Democrats wanted nothing to do with, proving what we have said for a very long time. This is a Democrat-owned shutdown. I apologize. We're supposed to be hearing a clip right now, but I think there's one button that is, pu- that is not pushed that should be. We're going to try one more time here.
0: The vice president telling Fox News Sunday the Democrats dismissed the idea out of hand. You
2: know, it, it was disappointing to see Speaker Pelosi reject uh, the offer before the president gave his speech.
0: Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer says it was the president who took away DACA protections in the first place.
3: Offering some of those protections that he took away back in exchange for the wall is not a compromise but hostage-taking.
1: No, it's not uh, hostage-taking, Chuck, because the president didn't take any protections away. DACA had an end date. DACA, which was imposed upon the American people by Barack Obama, had an end date. That's it. That date came. And the president said, "Okay, let's act on it now. The date is here. Remember what DACA stands for: Deferred Action on Childhood Arrivals. It doesn't mean permanent ignore uh, uh, ignorance of the situation, permanently ignoring the situation, permanently looking the other way and letting everybody stay. It's saying deferred action." So that time was deferred, the action was deferred, and now the time came. The President did nothing, but uh, Chuck Schumer and the rest of the Democrats, of course, want nothing to do with honesty, nothing to do with the reality of the situation that has led us to this shutdown. Vice President Mike Pence had a lot more to say about uh, the President's plan. He explained it very thoroughly uh, as far as you know what the President's intention was here. And once again, this is most important, to me anyway, uh, that the President is the only one making any compromise offers whatsoever literally the only person democrats are not coming back with okay well we want five years of protections and this and this and this and then you can have the funding they won't make any compromise or counteroffer or negotiation at all and that's one of the most frustrating things
2: the president has said that we will support temporary relief for three years for daca recipients and, and those who are in temporary protected status. This is uh, not amnesty. There's no pathway to citizenship. There's no, uh, you know, there, there's no you know, permanent status here at all, which is what amnesty contemplates.
1: Now that is the, pres- or the vice president, by the by, speaking to conservatives, not to Democrats. In that clip, you hear Vice President Mike Pence trying to calm down angry conservatives who don't like the idea of giving amnesty. To DACA recipients at all, but I think it's time to kind of point something out. To and you're going to be hard pressed to find somebody more conservative than I am on the radio, and I and I know you listen to this wonderful Salem network of uh, conservatives every day, uh, with, with some of the great voices we have here and, and many other places as well on Fox News and in, and at other uh, venues. Uh, but you're gonna—it's hard to find somebody more right. Uh, of center than I am, because I believe those are American constitutional principles. But even I am admitting at this particular point in time, the president has to give something to get what he wants. The Democrats, we, we messed around. We conservatives and we Republicans messed around for two solid years and waited until Pelosi took back the gavel to have to deal with this this is our fault this is also the president's fault he should have known that this has to get done within the first two years because if you lose control of the house of representatives now you're negotiating with an obstinate bunch led by nancy pelosi who will not bend one single bit on this but here's where we are now and because we're here now even the most conservative among us have to recognize that the president's gonna have to give something and giving three years of DACA protection in order to get the border barrier, so we have fewer illegal immigrants, if any, being able to come and add to that total, that's that's a trade-off worth making. That The president isn't going to be able to give everybody everything they want, and that includes hardcore conservatives, people like me. I'm willing to bend a little bit here with President Trump in order to get this border wall or barrier built. I am willing to work with the president on this. And if that means going against our core principles about upholding the rule of law uh, when it comes to the DACA recipients, then that's something we have to be able to swallow hard and do. But you know what? Despite us having to do that, having to accept and having to swallow these compromises being offered by the president, it's Nancy Pelosi who just rejected them out of hand before even really even hearing the proposal. It's
2: disappointing to see Speaker Pelosi... Reject uh, the offer before the president gave his speech. I mean, look, the the president is offering a solution. And what we have from Democrat leadership so far is just sound bites. And the American
1: people want us to work together uh, to resolve these issues. That's exactly what the American people want, and it's exactly what only one party is trying to do. The Democrats want nothing to do with protecting DACA kids. They can forget about ever ever making the claim that they're concerned about the quote-unquote dreamers again. They can never claim that. The president has offered them multiple opportunities to protect the dreamers, as they're known. It's a label I cannot stand and will not... Participate in but but these he's offered them plenty of opportunities as a part of a comprehensive immigration package that builds a border security wall and gives them legalization to a certain point they won't do it so they can no longer make the argument that they're they're concerned about the dreamers. Congressman James Langford, Republican, uh, spoke on this yesterday as well, saying, "You just cannot trust Nancy Pelosi." If there's any two people that I say they're they're not in a motion to say trust me, it is uh, Speaker Pelosi and the President. Uh, they're not looking at each other, and neither one of them is trusting the other one. The best thing that we can do is resolve what we can resolve. So for Speaker Pelosi to say, "Trust me, President." open the government, and then I'll negotiate. The president clearly responded, no, I I don't trust you right now, as,
0: as she doesn't trust him. So let's do what we can, get it in writing, get it passed, and get it
1: resolved. But what makes no sense about what Representative Lankford said there is the fact that Pelosi has a reason to trust Trump. Trump is actually bending, compromising, offering things to make the deal more palatable to the Democrats. The Democrats are offering nothing in return, just flat out saying, nope, no wall. That's their default position. It's nope, no wall. Nope, no wall. Nope, no wall. And by the way, in case you missed it, nope, no wall. How can the president trust that? That suddenly the government is open again, and she'll say, okay, now we can talk about a wall? Really? Because if that was the case, she would have been talking about a wall before the government ever shut down, while business was as usual. They want nothing to do with it. Democrat Representative Benny Thompson Again, kind of echoing Chuck Schumer's language, saying the president is the one holding hostages here? Put the people back to work, and let's negotiate border security. But don't hold those 800,000 employees hostage in this situation. Uh, Democrats for border security. No, you're not. uh, But we want to talk about it. We want to make sure that what we're doing is the right thing. Then why didn't you want to talk about it for all of those Months and months and months prior to, in fact, over the last two years prior to this shutdown. You wouldn't talk about it. You wouldn't have anything to do with it. You claim you're for border security. President offered you the better, what, more than the 700,000, but 1.8 million DACA protections in exchange for a border wall all last year. Government was open. How come you didn't want to talk then? James Clyburn yesterday with Chris Wallace. Same question telling us that that we won't negotiate until the government is open? Well, the government was open all last year. Why didn't you want to talk then? Just to make clear,
0: you're saying no negotiations, no compromise, until he agrees to reopen the government. Is that correct?
2: That's absolutely correct. I can't see us keeping federal employees, 800,000 people, out of work, while we go back and forth on negotiations, these negotiations could take three or four weeks. We ought to open the government up. We can pass a contingent resolution for 30 days, get the government open, get people back to work. And then let's sit around the table and see
1: where the common ground is. Democrats are just flat out, unmitigated, unapologetic liars. Liars. The government was open and they wouldn't talk. Now the government isn't open and they're saying, oh, well, you can't talk until you open the government. They are liars. And the quicker we realize that, the quicker, uh, we can, uh, you know, we can, uh, get something done. We're not going, if you, if you think we can get something done by trusting the Democrats to not be liars and thieves and crooks and scoundrels, then I think you're deluding yourself. I think we have to treat them the way we would treat, uh, other, enemies of the of the of the United States of America. Quite frankly, the Democrat Party is no more interested in the health and welfare of the Amer- and and the security of the American people and of these government workers than than enemies of the United States are in foreign countries. They are interested in one thing and one thing only, defeat Donald Trump, regain total power.
0: There are two sides to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth you are experiencing the truth the bob france authority on am 1420 the answer
1: 926, now the Bob France Authority continuing. Jim Lucio managed to find the worst song in the history of pop and play it as a rejoiner to my uh, to my radio program. My goodness, Lucio, good job. The only song worse than that one, I think, is probably another B-52 song, and I don't remember which, what it's called, but they the two of them just make me want to jam my brain with ice picks through the ear canal. That's what it wants me to do. That's my cue. Of you. Okay, that one is. We have a triumvirate. You have found the holy trinity of of uh, the evil trinity, rather of, of of pop music. Thank you. You reminding me with Starship. Thank you. You can fade that out any time now. Before I really, really start to uh, have my my brain melt, um, my brain melted over the weekend. Perhaps yours did as well. I've got a long. Commentary that I'm going to have to make here. I can only get started here before the bottom of the hour. But I I really have to vent about two things here. Number one is about what happened in Washington, D.C. on Saturday and what happened on the Internet on Sunday. Saturday and Sunday, actually. If you have not been following the, the news story, there was a March for Life on Friday. Uh, in Washington, D.C., 46th annual March for Life. Catholic schools, not just Catholic schools, but lots of Catholic schools, in addition to thousands and thousands of other people, descended on Washington, D.C., to march for life, to march in defense of the unborn, to make unborn babies great again. They marched, and these Catholic school kids from all over the country, including my daughter, and her school went down, and they supported life, and including a uh, Catholic school from Covington, Kentucky. Covington Catholic High School in Kentucky. And what happened to a group of Covington Catholic High School? It's a, an all-boys school, by the way, this one. Uh, what happened to this Covington High School continuing of boys on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial is about one of the most shameful things that you're ever going to see, and the damage that has been done to these boys, which continues this morning and may continue for a very long time, thanks to the most unbelievably dishonest, disgusting, fake news peddling that you've ever seen by the mainstream media and by social media. is something that is going to take a lot of healing. There's going to be have to be a lot of There's going to have to be a lot of apologies. There are going to have to be a lot of um, uh, people. A lot of people are going to have to make good after this. What we saw is why so many of us use the term fake news and why the president uses the term to describe the mainstream media. Enemy of the people. A bunch of innocent high school Catholic kids at the March for Life waiting for their bus to pick them up at the Lincoln Memorial were accosted and assaulted verbally by two different groups of individuals both of them happened to be minority groups the catholic high school kids wearing make america great again hats happened to be white what happened to them as they were accosted and harassed by these two different groups is nothing short of criminal and what's even worse and even more criminal is the fact that they were then blamed for the harassment. If you have not been following this story, stay tuned. I will tell you all about it. If you have been following this story on social media or elsewhere, please dial me up, 216-901-0945 on AM 1420. The
0: Progressive Democrats, please be aware, you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer.
1: 934 now, the Bob France Authority continues on AM 1420, The Answer. We need to discuss this story. We have to discuss this story, what allowed it to happen in the first place, and the ongoing backlash and aftermath of it. Nick Sandman, a junior at Covington Catholic High School in Kentucky, says
0: in an email that he was trying to calm the situation. Sandman was attending an anti-abortion rally near the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. Friday while wearing a Make America Great Again hat. He says he and his classmates were confronted by a group yelling insults at the students. Sandman says the students then began yelling school spirit chants to drown out the other protesters. Video shows the teen staring and standing very close to a Native American elder who also says he was trying to Fake eat the news. by playing
1: news Fox fake news fake news Fox fake news he was not standing very close to the Native American elder the Native American elder was standing too close to him I'll explain that part of this very important that very important part rather of this story in a moment
0: close to a Native American elder who also says he was trying to ease the tensions by playing the drum Sandman adds that he did not hear his fellow students say
1: anything racist or hateful. The story is so unbelievably complex and made so by the eagerness of the mainstream media to destroy anything Trump and by social media to destroy anything conservative. And let me explain what we got on Saturday uh, after this allegedly happened on Friday at the make America at the uh, uh, the. Uh, uh, March for Life. What we got was a 20 second video clip that the mainstream media grabbed and used and started playing all over CNN and MSNBC and the other uh, you know the, the the typical mainstream left of center, if not outright liberal slash socialist news outlets. They took a 20 second video with an angle from an angle that made it appear as though a Native American elderly man banging on his drum and doing a chant of some sort. You know, and I, I say this not in a mocking tone. I'm just trying to give you a sense of it. You know, just the, oh, almost a, a little bit sounding what... um the Atlanta Braves used to do, in fact, I think they still do too. So you know, the tomahawk chop chant and the, you know, the, in they do it at the Florida State Seminoles games. Anything a lot, a lot of them having to do with um, Native American heritage mascots and sorts of things. You know, that stadium type chant. That's what it sounded like to me. I'm sure it's, there are very different uh, elements of these types of chants because I don't understand them. But I'm just trying to give you a little idea of what they were doing. So he is making that sort of a, you know, a chant while banging his drum, and it looked, according to this 20-second video, like he was being surrounded by a bunch of white kids wearing Make America Great Again hats. The narrative quickly became these white kids had surrounded and cornered this Native American elder who, oh, by the way, is a Vietnam veteran. They cornered him, they trapped him, They harassed him, they shouted slurs at him, shouted things like, build the wall, build the wall at him. This was the narrative. And that 20-second clip, absent any type of context whatsoever, went viral, and the American media... The mainstream media eager to destroy Donald Trump and anything related to Donald Trump looked at their hats, looked at the video and said, look at these disgusting white privileged punk Trump supporters, racists, xenophobes, bigots. Look what they did to this man. Oh my gosh. They couldn't get the man whose name is Nathan Phillips on the air fast enough to condemn these, these kids. That's the mainstream media. Social media times 1,000 worse. Social media declared these kids to be um, criminals, declared them. I mean, everything you can possibly think of negative to say about someone. One prominent official at Disney, a Disneyland official actually tweeted that these kids should be put MAGA hat first into a wood chipper. Death threats from all over the social media world, all over a 20-second video that they deemed was clear evidence that these kids had surrounded this Native American man to harass him because they're evil, red-hat-wearing, Trump-supporting, bigoted racists. Except that every single inch of that story and that narrative was wrong. And all it would have taken was a little bit of patience, a little bit of effort, a little bit of due diligence to find out context. They're at the March for Life. Every person there has a video camera on them in the form of their cell phone. Let's see if there's more video. Let's see if we can find any other angles. Let's see if there's any other context. But people didn't want to have Patience people didn't want to have context both liberals and conservatives alike took to the social media poison well took to the toxic world of twitter to condemn these kids they should be expelled from covington catholic high school they should be they should be drawn and quartered and run out of their communities they express the worst in america Trump supporters, quickly having to distance themselves from these kids, threw these kids under the bus, backed over them, hit them again, and backed over them again. Never Trumpers, never Trump Republicans especially, all over this. They didn't want to wait for context. But inevitably, context came. Inevitably, so many of those other personal recording devices, known as our smartphones, revealed the true story. These kids did not surround this Native American drum banger. These kids were standing on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, minding their own business, with the exception of the fact that they were being called crackers, racists, pejoratives for homosexuals that I won't say on the radio. They were being screamed at and told that they should all be killed by a bunch of black activists, black Israeli, this black Israeli organization, very little known, but apparently very, very uh, uh, aggressive. They were calling them names and harassing them for a good hour while they waited for their bus. And all of this was captured in a two-hour video from which 20 seconds were clipped and spread throughout social and mainstream media. So while being screamed at by these black activists and called all kinds of names, the kids asked their chaperone, faculty member, If they could just chant their school spirit chants to drown out the hate that they were receiving. They were given permission. So they chanted their own school spirit chants, none of which had to do with walls or race or anything of that sort. While they're doing this, Here comes Nathan Phillips and his couple of other Native Americans. They're protesting on apparently Indigenous Peoples Day, which just happens to coincide with the March for Life. I don't know, but it was. And as these kids chant and then stand minding their own business on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, new videos from other angles and from a distance show Nathan Phillips marching directly up to these young men, banging his drum inches from their face while doing their chants. Again, the chant that sounded like, you know, the, the, the Native American, you know, the, the, the stadium chants that you see in, in, in certain um, venues that have uh, Indian mascots or Native American mascots. Inches from the faces of these kids. The camera or videos taken from the other angles show they could have, if they wanted to march past those kids by going to the right or to the left, there was plenty of space to do so. He marched right up to the center of this group of Catholic school kids waiting for their bus and banged the drum inches away from one kid's face. And the kid's response, did he back away? Did he push the man away? Did he scream in the man's face? Did he make any hand gestures at this Native American drummer banging the drum inches from his face? No. His crime? He smiled. He stood there and smiled for a well over a minute of this man banging the drum inches from his face. He didn't back away. He didn't make an aggressive move. He didn't speak. He just stood there smiling, not knowing what else to do. And that face of a smiling man, young man, Catholic school kid in a red Make America Great Again hat, while this Native American came up to him and harassed him with that drum, that became the face of evil in America for the last 48 hours, according to, again, Liberals and conservatives who could not distance themselves from Donald Trump and Make America Great uh, Again hats fast enough. Once the new videos came out, once true context was received, the apologies started to flow. Yesterday afternoon, last night, Apologies for prejudging that kid. Sorry I jumped on the bandwagon. In other words, sorry I was part of the toxic, hateful, anti-Trump media, both mainstream and social, that has destroyed this country and this culture as we know it. And these kids have been doxed by grown men and women, adults, saying we need to expose them we need to give make public their addresses their phone numbers their locations their parents places of work we need to the school we need to make sure that these kids are expelled and their lives are destroyed forever because of 20 seconds of out of context bad angled video that everyone wanted so badly to believe was the true narrative this is horrid it's why I constantly condemn social media, and I am embarrassed to be a part of it. I wish I had more time to talk about this now. I need to clear the decks for Congressman Jordan, but I've got more to say in the next hour, and I welcome your thoughts as well on AM 1420 The Answer. Let the rain go down. Let the wind blow
0: through me. I'm living in a- Corrected.
1: All right, 9.15, now the Bob France Authority continues on AM 1420, The Answer. Appreciate you joining us. Time to talk to our friend, Congressman Jim Jordan on AM 1420. The answer. So it's a little redundant there. Sorry about that. Congressman, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing fine, Bob. Good to be with you. Crazy weekend in Washington, DC. Insane weekend and a lot of ground to cover here. Some of it involving your work, by the way, on the Hill, and some of it outside, mm-hmm. um, and by way of the March for Life and uh, uh competing uh, events going on there in DC. But let's start with the uh the important issues um and, and we'll start with Mueller uh and, and what happened with BuzzFeed over over the course of the end of last week and over the weekend, Congressman Jordan, because this just plays so right into the narrative that we have been talking about. BuzzFeed sure. throws out a false story. Uh, claiming that the president of the United States in- states instructed his personal attorney to lie under oath, for goodness sakes. They cannot, this mainstream media, lap that up fast enough without checking sources, without, double, uh, yep. without documenting anything. They go forward with uh, two full days of we need to impeach the president talk only to have Bob Mueller himself come out and say, uh, yeah, that's not accurate. Congressman, what does that yeah. say about what this whole thing is about? Well,
3: uh, first of all, unprecedented that the special counsel, would issue a statement saying that story was not accurate. When have we ever seen that? And, and you're right. BuzzFeed prints the story. The mainstream press runs crazy with it. If this is true, this is going to be a piece. all this stuff, all the crazy things they said, and, and the special counsel says, look, uh, this is just not true. What I also found interesting is where was Michael Cohen and where was Lanny Davis? If the story is not true, which we know it is, which we know is the fact that it's not not, not an accurate story, why didn't Michael Cohen and Landy Davis say, "Hey, hey, that's not accurate"? You know, they they let the false narrative hang out there for a day as well, which I found to be interesting. Because remember, in two and a half weeks, Michael Cohen is scheduled to testify in front of Congress in in in, the, in, the, in our committee. So uh, I thought that was interesting as well.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, well, it tells us a little bit more about, I think, what we already know that Michael Cohen is dishonest, and he, you know, whether he's lying by commission or omission, uh, he is—he's not an honest person. And I think that's a very good point. He did not jump up to say, he's,
3: "No, that's not true." He's coming to testify in front of Congress, and in five weeks, he's going to prison. And one of the reasons he's going to prison is because he lied to Congress. Now, that—that th- that shows you what the Democrats are up to. That shows you what this game's about. Plus. He's not supposed to, when he comes in front of Congress, talk about anything related to the special counsel, anything related to ongoing investigations that he's involved in, which are several. So what is he coming to say? And can you believe what he says, particularly now that we know he's going to prison because he lied to Congress? And he wouldn't straighten out a story that for 24 hours the press ran with that we know was not accurate.
1: Very much looking forward to see, see what he has to say I went under oath. Uh, Congressman, let's pivot to the wall. Let's pivot to the border. Let's pivot to the fact that 25% of the government is still not being paid 800,000 workers, and the president did what he was supposed to do, a good-faith effort at a compromise, proposing on yep. Saturday to legalize DACA recipients or protect them anyway for three more years, a few other ancillary things as well in exchange for $5.7 billion to do what we're supposed to do anyway, and that is protect the sovereignty and the security of this country along that yep. It was rejected before it even came out of his mouth, um, Congressman. How can this be seen as anything but a Democrat shutdown when they will not offer a counterproposal, they will not negotiate, they will not sit at a table, they just con- continue to posture.
3: Yeah they, they 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 won't even they won't even sit down with the president and attempt to resolve this in any in any type of fashion. They are, as I've said several times, and you've said they are much more concerned about stopping the president than they are with helping the country. You've seen, we've seen example after example. It started on day one when Congressman Sherman filed the articles of impeachment. Less than 24 hours on the job, you had the Democrat congresswoman from from the Michigan, uh, from the Detroit area. Uh, say the disgraceful things she said about the president then you have the unbelievable move where the speaker of the house says we don't want the president the commander-in-chief to actually give the state of the union address in the house chamber. Um, and now you have what happened on Saturday, which is a good faith offer from the president and the Democrats say nope, not even going to talk to you non-starter. So this is just where we're at. The only way we get a solution to my and we talked about this I think last week Bob, but the only way we get a solution is for Dem- new Democrat members of Congress. From districts that were formerly held by a republic and won close races, for them to start to say, "Look, my constituents are telling me that we need a solution." They then have to go tell the Speaker, "We're tired of this. Let's sit down and figure this out, and let's do something that benefits the country, benefits the folks in our districts, and let's get a solution to this problem."
1: No matter who, uh, how, how it leans politically.
3: Say it again, Bob.
1: I'm just asking if you can see that happening, what you just said. Is there any cracking? Or is there any, any sense of, of any Democrats being willing <laughs> to do what you just said and actually be
3: different speaker? Eight, eight different Democrats, have criti- freshmen, uh, new Democrats, have criticized uh, their leadership. Uh, we've had, the, we had the, the, the freshman Democrats from the Los Angeles area, Katie Hill, say that she supports money for a barrier. you got people like, I, I always use the name Joe Cunningham because he won Mark Stanford's seat in the in South Carolina. Uh, moderate Democrat, who's a new member. Uh, you don't think voters in South Carolina want us to build a border security wall? I'm sure they do. So th- th- those are the kind of districts. You got. You got. The, how about the race in Oklahoma City? That was that. that district was held by a Republican for a long time, and now you have a Democrat there uh, who won a close close election there. My guess is, folks in the in the state of Oklahoma want a border security wall. So that's that's the only way we're going to get this, uh, I think, solved is those members start to tell uh, Nancy Pelosi, look, sit down with the president, let's figure this out.
1: Congressman Jim Jordan joining us. Congressman, there were a lot of marches and things going on in D.C., the March for Life, and I saw you tweeted out mm-hmm. in support. My daughter was amongst those uh, marching, by the way. She oh, went wonderful. down with her contingent wonderful. from Elyria Catholic. Yeah. yeah, it was really a, a really a very positive event, very fantastic to see so much, um, uh, so much unity in support of life. However, as well, you know, we well, know th- th- there are people who always try to get in the way of that, and there were protesters who were trying to stop things, and it led to certain confrontations. Um, it, did you follow at all the, the explosion yesterday of the uh, the kids from Covington Catholic High School in Kentucky? I have
3: not. I, I, I saw that. I have not seen the video. and I, I, don't, I don't even know what happened there. I saw a headline, but I, I did not read it. By the way, uh, make mm-hmm. sure next year, if we, with the co- folks from the Leary we had a number of, of uh, students. So we do a reception, Senator Portman and I and the, and the rest of the delegation, we do a reception every year for the pro-life marchers from Ohio. We had a number of them stop by. We got pictures with the kids and all. So we'd, we'd love to have the Leary Catholic folks come in. I don't know if I got a chance to visit with them when if they did stop by this. Uh just, uh, well, that would week. be
1: great. No, I did not know that, and I'll pass that along to administration for next year's march. That's great. Uh, but but can you just speak to the fact that again, you know, what we had on Friday was this pro-life march, and then on Saturday yeah. we got this essentially the exact opposite: this pro-choice march as a part of the Women's March, filled with anti-Semitism, anti-Israel uh, sentiments, uh, boycott, divest, and sanction uh, supporters all mm. running this event. Uh, it, it, what does that tell you about the division in this country that we cannot no. have the 46th annual March for Life without somebody coming up the next day and trying to? destroy that
3: yeah no the, the the pro-life community is is i mean they've been doing this uh, obviously since the uh the that that decision that is i think so wrong the roe v wade decision uh from several years back in 73 um and they're just they're just people who care about the sanctity of life understand all life is precious all life is special and it should be protected and they march every year uh and god bless them for doing it and that's why we, we do a reception for them because we, we agree with 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 the movement and what they're what they're trying to accomplish um, so yeah, it's, it's the, the division. In the country is just—it's uh, frustrating. But I will tell you: look, this BDS movement is wrong. This is so wrong. And and you're right. Some of the anti-Semitic things that we've heard from uh, folks associated with the women's march—you're even seeing uh, Democrats uh, decide that they're not going to be a part of this because of the anti-Semitism that's been associated with with some people who were involved in putting the the uh, yeah. the, the other marks together. So. Um, but the pro-life people God bless them they've been they've been doing the, the lord's work for a long time, and we appreciate that.
1: Last thing before you, congressman, I was talking about those kids from Covington Central. They were wearing Red Make America Great again hats. They were described those hats are as the new white hoods. and I thought that on today, oh, Martin King Martin Luther King Jr. Day, the day we recognize uh, uh, mm-hmm. his uh, peaceful quest for racial unity. Um, can you speak to what that says about racial uh, race relations in this country right now today?
3: Well, I mean, again, I didn't see what what took place with uh, the the students in, in, um, and um they that's okay. Yeah,
1: you, you'll find that, but just the fact that they call those hats to the, the new the new no that goods. is
3: that is just that is just wrong, and that doesn't that doesn't help. I mean, it's it's not accurate, um, and it's and it doesn't help the situation. Uh, I think you're right. Go back to the language of of Dr. King and what he talked about which is the content of people's character not not the color of their skin should be what we focus on and and if we do that i think we'll be a lot better off Dr. King's words i think we're right on target so um, and that's the uh, individual we're honoring today and his and his legacy and his work so let's focus on that let's focus on the sanctity of life let's focus on this the greatest country ever and all those all those qualities that make America special let's focus on those things and hopefully begin to move away with some
1: uh, away from some of this division Fantastic message, absolutely. Congressman Jordan, thank you so much for the time today. I appreciate it, sir. We'll talk to you again soon. That's Congressman Jim Jordan on AM 1420. The answer will get news now. And on the other side of the news, as I mentioned at the top of the show, David Webb, Sirius XM Patriot Channel radio talk show host, frequent uh, guest on uh, cable news. He'll be joining us to talk also about race relations in this country on AM 1420.